Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. Today we start a mini sort of series on our values. What we're going to stand on, how we're going to build God's church here. Um, it's quite an interesting sort of thing. The values are always been put up here. Our values are on this board here. We believe in biblical truth. We believe in the presence of God. We witness that today by, you know, actually just encouraging God to be active amongst us in our daily life and in our and when we come together. We believe that we should have a heart of Jesus to come to serve and to serve not just one another, but to serve the community. We believe that we have a purpose to bring the gospel to a lost world. So this is where we live. So this is where God says we must reach out to the lost. So that would be our evangelistic sort of cutting edge, because they value. And then community. We believe very much clearly that we don't build a church on from one, you know, on, on our own. Nobody should be isolated. That means sometimes we have to get over ourselves and ask for help, but other times we just want to make sure that we are looking out to people and saying, can we help? How are we going to do this together? Church will not be built by one person on its own. It has to be put a corporate thing that comes together for the same reason. So today I am looking at our first value, and that is biblical truth. Biblical truth is what we are called to submit and build every part of our lives on. It's not easy, though, is it? It really is not easy. See, because God's truth is very different from the consensus of the world, how they see truth. The world really has no idea. No idea what truth is or how to know what is truth. They are bombarded in TV, from soaps to films to adverts to news to social media. And that is where they will try to grasp at what is truth. And that truth to them is going to be what suits them. Now, I, I say amen to I say that's exactly where I was. That's the way I built my truth up. Normally, not on the facts so much as on just simply me saying, if that benefits me, I believe that we should do this. And that's the truth that I would build on. So, uh, we, we are not immune as a church to those influences. And that's what we've got to be very care, careful. Because these are what the world will build their truth on, but... As you say, we live in the world, as God says to us. We are people that live in the world, but we are not of the world. So God gives us, if we allow it, and if we actually stand by it and stand on it and abide in him, God's world will, world, word will always give us the best counsel in all areas. Whether we're going through tough times or good times, because we're not immune to tough times, church. Never Get that. Never believe anybody who says, because I've become Jesus, you know, a follower of Jesus, my life is perfect. No, there will be tough times. In fact, there will be even tougher times for some people. 
We have heard people who have died for the fact that they've been, uh, they declare their faith openly in a, in a country or in a land or against the law. So it's not easy. But as I say, if we can submit every part of our life, that means all our relationships, our marriage, parenting, desires, ambition, career, identity, and church itself, you name it. Put it against the truth of God's word. And I believe the outcome will be much better than trying to balance it against the truth of the world. So my role, or my service to God, and to this church, alongside Ben, Julian, and Shugan, is to protect. Protect those under our care. And lead people into maturity in Christ Jesus. And there is only one way we will fulfill this service. And that is to abide. We have to be close to God. We have to push in God. Abide in Jesus. And then through that, we have to encourage everybody to do the same and to live lives based completely on God's word of truth. Jesus was um, praying to the Father. And uh, one of the things he wanted to make sure was that they were sanctified. Sanctified by the word, by, by the truth. Your word is true. So if Jesus says how important truth is, how, how his disciples are going out, what it means is basically um, sanctify is to make to set apart, to make holy. And when you heard about Jesus, when, he was, when you, hear, you read him in the Gospels, you read it, he says, I will do what the Father tells me to do. I, will, I, will, I won't do anything on my own. I ask the Father and he tells me and I will then do it. The same with the disciples. The disciples were under Jesus' teachings. And again, you've got this sort of thing. He said, you will continue to do what I have tr- told you because what I've told you is truth. And if you hold on to the truth, then you will uphold my name and glorify me. But when it comes to truth, I don't know about you, the first thing that jumped in my head when we talk about truth is a film. And it's a film called A Few Good Men. Have anybody seen that film? A Few Good Men. Yeah. Well, you know the bit. There's in the, in the courtroom, you've got Tom Cruise and you've got Jack Nicholson. And, and the court scene, and they're getting a bit heated, really heated. So very, very easy, I think. So Tom shouts at, at, at Jack, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson shouts back, you can't handle the truth. And I think, I know it's a film. I know it's a film. But what Jack says in many ways is true. When the world's point of view comes face to face with God's truth, written and revealed in the person of Jesus, it cannot handle it. And again, followers of Jesus are not immune to the same statement. But I want to put it in a slightly different way. Not you can't handle the truth. You can handle it.
understand the truth. You've already accepted the truth. But what you have to ask is, how do we handle the truth? What are we going to do with the truth? How are we going to apply truth to our lives? What God tells us, not what the world tells us, not what is in fashion, what the truth. 2 Timothy 4, 3, 4 says, and here's a warning. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what, is itching, uh, what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. Now that's been going on. Paul wrote that back 2,000 years ago, roughly. And that has been the state that has been coming into the church. God has warned church leaders, church leaders, or down the centuries, be wary of people who will try to change the truth. See, God knew that his truth would always be under attack from spiritual forces and the condition of the human heart towards him. And you can just hear Satan being, um, he's whispering. And he's been whispering lies since the Garden of Eden when he said to, um, uh, to Eve, did God, to Adam Eve, did God really say that? Is that the way you should go about? And I believe, don't, don't blame, don't jump on people because we, 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 we can sort of point fingers and accuse when it's not justified. But you've got to understand there's a spiritual realm that is coming down and they put little things into your head and they make us question. Is this what really God really meant? Did God really say that? Surely, if God loves me, he allow me to do this. If God is for me, this relationship will be blessed. It's that type of thing that has crept in. And sadly, throughout church history and today, people have added or interpreted Scripture for their own gain. Some churches have wandered off the truth by trying to be more relevant, more in touch with worldly concession than biblical truth. I myself, and I'm sure you would identify this, I have witnessed a lot of changes in church that have tried to bring God up to date. God up to date. To make him appealing to all groups. And only I've seen is a decline rather than an increase. No matter how much they change, they are in the case. See, God's church will not be built on consensus. The more the church upholds the world's views on bringing political correctness, the less effective it becomes. Where will the world look when the church is a reflection of the hopelessness of the society they already live in? When will the church stop trying to change God and his truth? See, the church says, the church says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what Scripture says. Sorry. 
Scripture says that. So Jesus is not looking at social media platforms to see how many hits he's got. He's not worrying about to update his profile, his picture profile. Jesus said that he had come to do what his father told him and use Scripture to affirm, challenge, and change listeners' perception. Isn't that what we are called to do as well? See, if Jesus is truth, pure truth cannot change. You cannot change truth if truth is truth. Right? No matter what you, whatever else we say. And it applies to the given word. And that's what we will build his church on. Even when it seems harder to build on truth than the lie. There are many passages in Scripture that cause us to stand firm, which means our faith will be challenged and truth will be our only anchor. So, actually, can you help me? Look, can you tell me truths of Scripture that you can, you know, that you hold on to? I'll start off with what I mean is I'll say, like, um, Say is 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 love. They say uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Right? Give us something else. Anybody else got something? I know the plans I have for you, great mom. He for so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus, truth and the life. Yeah. All the I am's. Yeah. See, the truth is in you. The truth is in us. And we have to hold on. We walk in his victory. Our identity is in him. Now, don't get on to identity, because I can go down the road to our children being told what their identity is, is, is doing my nothing. <laughs> you know, you're born male or female. You're not born to make your own mind up. All right? We stand against Society or, or teaching that starts to even undermine not only God's law, just moral law. It's just really stupid. Um, he will never forsake us. No matter how hard the truth may seem, sometimes it will not let us down. The everlasting or the ever-changing so-called truths of man will eventually be found out at devastating results. That is why at uh, CCB here, we will not compromise in our teaching of God's Word. We will not embrace practices that are contrary to His truth. And this is why. One, one reason. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every Sunday, Ben, is, ben takes the, the, major, the, the real bulk of our teaching here. Ben and Jen came here through a word to start a church here in Blackpool. But I know one of the highest things, there's a lot of passions Ben's got, but one of the highest passions is 
teaching truth. And if you come every Sunday, he washes us with truth. We may not agree with it because truth should challenge, challenge even us. Because even though we don't, you know, we agree with God's truth, it is hard sometimes to, oh, even Paul says, why does my body do what, my, you know, what I don't want to do and vice versa? And you think, yeah, there's sometimes I think it's much easier to just sit and say, oh, would that hurt? And don't get me wrong. We're not under condemnation because what we have is a God of grace. And a God of grace says, not that we, we can just leave it there. A God of grace says, turn around. Talk to me about it. Let me help you. So I thought it'd be quite good for us to give a few examples of what it is we believe. Um, and at this point, now, as you know, within the church, and some of you have done it, the foundation course that Ben and Jen run. And through that, there's a seven-week course or something like a six- or seven-week course. But in that, all the answers are, you go into detail. And you can have an intimate conversation with Ben and Jen about this, what we believe, what is truth, how the church functions. You, you can ask those questions in more detail. I've just got to skim over it for now. But I, I, I encourage you that if you're new to the church, you will be invited to come to that. But if, you, if you've been in the church for some time and you think, you know, I don't, I've never done that before, maybe contact Ben and Jen and say, can I come along? Because I tell you, it's a great night. And maybe there's certain things still inside of you that says, uh, I've got this issue about one thing or two things. Ask him. Ask them. They will be privileged to actually guide you through, and help you through it. So what, what do we believe? Well, we believe there's just one God, don't we? We believe there's only one God. We believe that he is made up of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, what people sometimes call the Holy Trinity. That is the God and the one God, the only God. There's nothing alongside that. That's the truth. We believe that our God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is in it. That's what we stand on. If you take science with their truth, now science is great. It investigates quite a lot of things. But what it has found, it changes its stance. Oh, if you looked at some of the scientific papers of how they think this happened or how they thought that happened or what this particular bird looked like or what this particular event took place, you see it sometimes after very thorough investigation, they've changed their, changed their answers. We've got one answer. God created everything. We stand on that. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Reject him and you reject God himself. There's no other way that you can get to God except through Jesus Christ. As, as Kat said, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Who? Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life and should never die. No other way. Salvation is by grace. Now it's hard, it's amazing. There are still churches that try to add onto grace. 
and keep people down. There's, you know, you do the penance. You do, you've got to go through certain rituals. You've got to, to, to add. Grace is unmerited. It's free. There's nothing you can add to it that can make and can save you. It's, 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 our, it's what we build the bedrock on. It's grace is, is fundamental to living free and not under condemnation. If you do not live fully under grace, then every act you do, you will start thinking, oh no, I've let God down again. Oh no, it, it, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm no good anymore. Grace takes that off your shoulders. Grace repairs that and says, no, God still will love you no matter what you do. Grace will repair what you think you've done wrong anyway. It covers it. It is by grace that you've been saved. Through faith. Let no man may boast. I don't know the whole bit, but I know that's how it ends. We believe. We took bread here. Yeah, we, we took communion today. There are certain people that may actually, churches that actually would say, we could not take communion. You know, if you were at home with a few friends, your Christian friends, you break bread and you can take wine. There's still a religious faction that will say, nobody can do that except for an ordained priest. And there's a lot of churches do that, you know, in, in, whether in the higher um, Anglican church or whether it's Baptist, whether it's, uh, no matter, it doesn't, Roman Catholic, doesn't matter. You have freedom to celebrate the remembrance of Jesus Christ in your home as, remember, who are you? Royal priesthood. You are priest. You've been named priest. The truth is, you have all the gifts of heaven at your disposal. Not, not what somebody else says, I've got to go through that person. I've got, you don't come through Ben. You don't come through me. God's listening to you. I can only get in the way. We believe in baptism. Again, there's churches that will say that, uh, you know, I was christened, you know, well, you know baby christening. Um, and they would say that's, that's your ticket into heaven. Or that's your ticket into the God, you know, God's kingdom. That is a lie. We have to come to a point where we make a personal um, testimony and a personal sacrifice or, or a confession of faith. Get it, Skip. Yep, there you go. Confession of faith. And when Peter, if you, if you remember Acts and the Pentecost, Peter comes out of the, um, he comes out uh, of, of being filled with the Spirit and he gives this magnificent sort of like, uh, speech about the, the gospel of God. And he tells him who Jesus was and everything about it. And it cut the people, what, three, five thousand, I don't know, were listening. And at the time, they, they were cut, most of them were cut to the heart. And they called out to Peter, what can we do to be saved? And he said, repent and be baptized. See, baptized does, isn't your salvation. Baptized is an obedience. It's, it's just something that you want to do. We would never force anybody to be baptized in this place, but we will encourage everybody to be baptized. Um, spiritual gifts. We truly believe that the spiritual gifts that we read about and the, the actions that we read about in the Bible are alive today in, in us today. We are all open to the spiritual gifts, whether it's the gifts of prophecy, whether it's the, 
the, the gift of healing, whether it's a gift of knowledge. Today, we've had a little bit of you know, singing in, in tongues. We've had singing from the Spirit. The gifts are very much, but there's a lot of churches that will actually preach. That's it. When the Bible closed, those days, or uh, you know, when the final scripture was put in place, when the, when the apostles disappeared, then so did the spiritual gifts. You cannot build a church. Where do we get our vision from? Where do we get our, our, our joy from? Where do we get our assurance of God's word from? If the Spirit of God is not active and alive today, we have a God. Jesus is alive today. Get it in our hearts. He's alive today. When I'm speaking, while I'm speaking now, he's hearing every word I'm saying. When you whisper a prayer, he inclines his ear to you. He hears you. He is alive today. He's not abandoned us. He has not forsaken us. He is listening to us. He's listening to that little whisper that says, God, are you there? And he will respond. We don't believe in a God. We believe in a spiritual realm. A spiritual realm. Now, a lot of people close that off. They think, wow, no, well, I, I, I can't go down that road of thinking about, is there, you know, is there other forces going on? But in, in the Bible, we, we read about demons being um, sort of cast out. They're only being cast out. They're still about. There's a final judgment coming when they will be sorted out, not cast out. And that's the judgment when Jesus comes back. But in the meantime, there's a spiritual realm. And God calls us to pray, not against flesh and blood, but against the authorities and principalities of the air. Now that tells me there is a spiritual force of influence that can influence us in making decisions, that influences and holds the world in the state they are, a lie, and deceptive, because that's what Satan is. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. And it's this isn't Satan doing it. There's many people who follow, or spirits that follow Jesus, um, follow Satan. And they are, their work is just to disrupt anything they can that God wants to build, to undermine it, to cause a thing. And it, it, here's another counter thing that is countercultural today. And please hear this right, ladies. Please hear this right. And men, you hear this because this is true. This is something you, you stand up to. In this church, we believe in uh, male eldership. Eldership should be a, a ma- uh, male. That's what God's created to say. Not because, look, you ladies, I know most of you could teach better than what I'm doing now. You, your pastoral heart is brilliant. You've got giftings that are equal and absolutely surpassed and many elders within churches or leaders of churches. But we don't build it on what we have to, we, we, you know, what we, we think is right. What we're called to do, if you get bad leaders, pray for them. It's like people who's like bosses. God says, if they're not in the right place, we pray for them. We uphold them. And um, it's just the Society, this is what I mean about society coming into the church. Society says, look, a woman runs a company now. A woman needs woman, you know, equal pay, equal rights, equal evalu- you know, value, treated value, equal value. I agree with that. 
all the way through. All the way, but the government of the church, for God's own purpose, and God is unquestionable, he says leadership should be male. And that authority, men, you have to take seriously. I take it seriously, and that goes for your marriages as well. Men, love your wives like Jesus loves the church. Lay down your life. If men actually stood up and started to be men in God's name, I tell you what, you ladies would actually be much happier rather than trying to kick us and disagree with us and what have you. I mean... My counsel doesn't come from me. My wisdom, my wisdom mostly comes from Julie. Honestly. She is, and I would say, Ben with Jen, Julian with Andrea, and Shugan with Tommy. We do not function as we are here to serve, not to be all over you. We're not, we want to try to encourage you forward, but we are definitely, we are saying, no, we're here to serve you, to help you through it. So, in conclusion, what about that go forward now? Um, that's not the one I wanted for now, but I'll leave it there. <laughs> in conclusion, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You realize the, the, the more important word there is abide. Abide in him. Not just believe in him. The word abide means we will actually walk with him, consult with him, and you will feel freedom. And here at CCB, our passion is to see a glorious church that serves a glorious God. Now, for the lost and broken world, we are called to proclaim the truth, proclaim the good news, the gospel. But for the fellowship in this church, we are here to call to protect and uphold the truth. And that's what we will stand on. To do that, though, we need to equip the saints for that task. And so that when the attacks of life come, and they will, you will have something to stand on, a solid reference to go to. We are in a battle. We're in a battle to maintain truth within churches within God's kingdom. We are told to put on the full armor of God. And you know what it starts with? By putting on the belt of truth. Together, let us be witnesses of the hope that Jesus has put in us. Not through argument and aggression, but through love, grace, and obedience to his truth. Now, I wanted to end with this passage from Ephesians 4, 17. And as it says, So I tell you this, 
and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separate from God, the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impure purity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learnt when you heard about Christ. And we're taught in him according with the truth that is Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by, the, by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Lord, I want to ask you, Will you help us protect your truth? Will you help us stand against lies that the enemy will bring? Will you help us in every part of our lives surrender to your truth? Whether it's we've got to forgive, whether it's because we need to to turn away from that action or that relationship. Lord, we need your help. But we need your help of truth as we walk. Lord, will you help us as a church as we continue to grow? Will you help us to take the truth to the surrounding areas, to our neighbors? Will you allow us opportunities to speak the name of Jesus, into the hearts of people. That they may be relieved and and freed from the the disillusionment, the shamelessness of of what they, they, they live in. And sometimes they don't even know it, Lord, themselves. Lord, we want to be a church that honors you. And as we go through our values, Lord, I pray each one of them will actually create a new commitment within each one of our hearts to say, we're in. We are in, Lord. We are serious about our faith in you. And we will always say you are Lord and King of us. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk.